HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Lou Bang. I'm Chapati One. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps growing ex bartenders better understand Agave, Agave Spirits, rural Mexico, and taxes. Oh Lord. Okay, so today it's the most entertaining episode we've ever done. <laughs> and <laughs> the worst of the worst. Wait a of minute, the worst. Ryan's not here. No, hey, come on. This is this is this is even worse than medical advice. Uh, this is taxing, Jesus Christ. And against the lots, I have way too much experience with taxing, Senor Lu, for the wrong and the right and the very bad reasons. So uh, yeah, you and me both, right? And, and this is this is tax season here in the U.S. of A. I'm finishing up my third of. I just finished yesterday the the third of my four annual uh, tax returns. I have to do. Really? But yeah. you guys have accountants in the U.S., right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but you're you're assuming that everybody's going to hire an accountant for everything. And while we use an accountant for the sacred uh, taxes because they're confusing, it just doesn't make sense to use them for 10 Angry Pit Bulls for my personal one. And we do have accountants, actually, that do it for the, the foundation that I work for. Uh, no, I'm just saying because, yeah. for example, here in Mexico, and this is where this starts, actually. I think mm-hmm. this is a great way to begin this. <laughs> Mexican taxes are one of the most confounding labyrinths that there has ever existed. There, <laughs> I do not know one individual that has regular business that is able as an individual to make their own taxes. Oh, it's interesting. You know, let's so okay, so what are we talking about today very specifically? And then we'll get into because your point's a good one, but very specifically, it was just announced that the state of Oaxaca is adding a four and a half percent tax, sales tax, as I understand it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chava. No, no, yeah. Sales tax, yeah. Sales tax. Um, to any what was it, bottled bottled alcoholic beverage. Yes. And actually that the that's interesting because I did not see if it, it, it's dependent on ABB. Uh, like I didn't it, see. I didn't, it appla- I didn't see it applies anything. to beer to to pull like that. I, I didn't see that in any of the press releases that they that they threw out. 
Yeah, no, I got the sense that it, it certainly applies to sp all spirits, and I got the sense it was all alcohol that you take to drink somewhere not at the place that you bought it. So, you know, if you're drinking a, at a, you know, restaurant, I think it's, you know, it doesn't apply there. Yeah, but, well, okay. but, but, but to your point, okay, so, so how is this going to affect us? You and I, people who like to drink the agave spirits that are made well, throughout Mexico, but certainly in Oaxaca. Okay, so the first answer to that, to that thing is depends where you are. So you, Joven Lu, you are in Chicago, the land <laughs> of the horrible weather. And I am in Mexico <laughs> City, the land of beauty and, and glossy skies. So uh, in your country, uh, the way you pay taxes for alcohol... What is it in Chicago for for spirits? How, how many ta taxes do you pay? You know, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent certain. I believe the sales tax um, that I pay here is like nine and a half or ten percent. <laughs> Get out of here. So, okay, I'm gonna give you the the really quick. Um, so in Mexico, if I buy a paperclip yeah. or if I buy anything, I'm gonna pay sixteen percent embedded into there, right? Oh, and oh then, wait, hang on. When you say embedded. You mean like literally? Because I, it's weird. I, I'm always confused when I go to buy something in Mexico and the price is the price that it's marked. So you're saying they've already figured the yeah. taxes in. Yeah. Oh. So we 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 don't like to torture uh, people because we think <laughs> that's not cool. So we 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 make the the addition to stuff uh, oh, right there, nice. right there. I know, I know. We're nice which, people. Which I guess means that you really the the onus is well. I mean. When I'm buying something from a retail store, the onus is still going to be on the uh, the store owner. Um, but it feels like there's even more taxation pressure then. It is. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, you're not wrong with that. But even on top of that, so you have your 16%. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's uh, something called YEPS, which is a special tax for certain products uh, that the government has decided that need a special tax. So uh, cigarettes are the high, like the more highly taxed. Mm -hmm. So if you want to buy cigarettes or cigars in Mexico, they have a hundred and sixty percent special tax on top of them. Are you saying one hundred and sixty or one hundred and sixteen? One hundred and sixty. One six one six zero. Yes. God, you get that, and then you get and then you get those beautiful pictures on all the packages too. It, it is it is an, an expensive vice to to smoke in this country unless you are buying handmade artisanal cigars or cigarettes, huh. which instead of being taxed at one six zero, they're taxed at three three zero point four thirty point four. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, hey, so oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so you're saying something that is an artisanally made cigarette or cigar. Is that right? Yeah. So the way that it's established in the official document, it's that have been entirely labrados, which is a very poetic word, have been entirely crafted by hand. Yeah, okay. Does that include even the like the rolling paper? I, I guess that'll be the consumer crafting them by hand. So I don't think if that applies to that. Well, well, no. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a guy who's making artisanal cigarettes, I have to wrap them in something or even I'm, cigars. I'm, I'm sure you can make the point. Yeah, I'm sure you can yeah. get to your 30%. What? Well, so the the reason I'm asking that specific thing is because there's a there, there's a lot of overlap between, and we really will get back to what this four and a half percent tax means. But there is a lot of overlap between what a mescalero would be doing and what actually. I mean, 
there's definitely an overlap, but I would argue that the, the Mescalero is doing a lot more work to handcraft that spirit. Um, the only piece that's really not handcrafted is the bottle and the cork and the label. And, and they can be. And sometimes and, they and are. They can, and sure, and they can be. And sometimes it's just, you know, plastic water bottle. But um, so why why are they not doing the same thing with agave spirits? This is a the, question that has exasperated a significant amount of people. So I'm just going to give you a break up in alcohol. So uh, really quickly, they do not make a distinction between uh, what a very large corporation will do and what a mescalator will do in terms of taxing. So if you are up to 14% uh, alcohol, you're going to pay 26.5 in special tax on top of your 16. On top of the 16. Okay. So that's for beer, a bunch of wine, whatever. Then if you're from 14 to 20 ABB, you're going to be paying 30%. So you're 45 uh, wines, your soju, uh, a bunch of the things that live there. So now you're like, again, with that value added tax, you're at 16, uh, you're at 46% on the 14 to 20%. Correct. So it's starting to get weird and, 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 and horrible and you hate your life. But then if you are over 20 ABB, you play the very generous amount of 53%. Wow. Whether you're 20 Wait, is it up to, is it anything above 20? So like 21? 21 20.5, to... 20 point. Wow. Or puntas. So you're, yes. Wait. So you're paying uh, 60, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 69% at this point. 69 plus, if you happen to be buying it in Oaxaca, the state of Oaxaca, you're going to throw on another 4.5%. Correct. So you're 73.5 plus... Uh, if uh, we have this thing called an income tax, so you get tax of all the income you made uh, during the year. <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't make any income. You didn't make yeah, any right? income if you well, actually paid your taxes. But, that's but, that's crazy. But you, but you got money into your account. So they're going to tax you on top of that. And Which kind of goes back... That kind of goes back to the episode we did about bank accounts and why some of these guys don't, so many of these guys don't have bank accounts. So they're going to throw in there, like, it depends how much money you make. Maybe, I mean, it's not crazy, but if you add up on top of all of this, it's like one to 2.5% on top of everything else. So, well, you know, that, like that's that's not a bad income tax, but it, in essence, it, it encourages you to go work for somebody else, which kind of encourages you. God, if you're a mescalero, it encourages you to go work for one of these big companies, these big corporations making a lot of mezcal so that you're just worrying about your income tax. Yes. Uh, still, uh, I actually, that, that is a great question, Lu. I don't know how it works if you are just selling, uh, you know, like Al Granel. I don't know if if you're just selling like a thousand liters at a time. I believe you still need to pay the yips. Oh, 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 that's not what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh. I, what, what what I meant was like literally it encourages a mescalero to stop making stuff that, that he or she can sell and instead oh. go to work for a Zignum, go to the factory and work can, at can, Zignum. Can, can I give you another alternative? <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> it's not me, but yeah, please. <laughs> so if they were to take the decision to instead of sell in Mexico... Mm-hmm. And rather selling Chicago, how many taxes do you think they they will need to pay? Well, it's got to be the same, right? Absolutely not. So, are you familiar with this thing called NAFTA? 
NAFTA. Um, that is, uh, that's a pillow that you wear when you're flying on an airplane. <laughs> no, actually, I don't know what NAFTA stands for. North American uh, Free Trade Agreement. Okay, cool. So you get that. And so well, we had that. It's gone now. There's a whole different agreement. Yeah, but, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been um whole like, different. Uh, Completely different. Yeah. 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 But the Within these uh, treatments, there's there's uh, there's things or products that Mexico can sell to the U.S. that are that have zero taxes attached to them. <laughs> Avocado is a great example. Uh, glass blown, uh, hand blown glass pieces. A lot of craft uh, lives in this range, and mezcal is no different. Tequila well, oh, is not different. Okay, so this is this is a little confusing to me. Maybe a lot confusing. So let's let's break this down, right? So we did this actually with uh, uh, Luis Luis Nino Rivera. Luis Nino de Rivera. Yeah, look at that. I did that. I said off the top of my head from from Amaras, where he gave us the spreadsheet showing the differences um, between exporting and uh, selling uh, domestically your mezcal, right? And even considering the chichur system. Right, 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 right. And, you know, you, you just did a, a, a back of um, an envelope calculation, and it showed what? Well, he did. I didn't do anything. Uh, he, he <laughs> did, yeah, I, I, I'm just reading what he sent us. Uh, so, so their brand margin versus brand invoice price, so their gross sales, if they sell in Mexico, they get a margin of 19%. They make 19% of what they've sold it for wholesale, correct? Correct. That's what you mean by that? Okay, I 19%. So. And so this okay, so so now if uh, let's let's keep going with this. So then in the USA, what's the margin? Even after going through a treacher system, that the distributor wholesale a margin, the importer margin, the like all of that. The shipping. The shipping, the like the our own like, duties and taxes coming into the USA. Correct. All of that. That is 53% what they do. 53%. So the piece that confounds me, like I understand I show up at, uh, at I'm not going to name names because I don't want the tax guys going after them, but I show up at a, at a Palenque and I purchase um, a couple of liters to go. I'm going to get a significantly lower price buying it in Mexico than I am buying it back here at, you know, liquor store. But... Um, which makes sense to me. But then when I buy bottles at liquor stores in Mexico, which I do, the price is still lower. So what? how is that? Yeah, so I, I guess that usually what the, the brands that you bought in a liquor store in Mexico are Alipus or uh, Del Maguey or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And and it's still significantly cheaper in Mexico. Significantly cheaper? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, how the, much is an Alipus in the U.S.? Uh, so Alipus in the U.S. is depending on the expression you get, right? They've got a, a, a broad range, but the one that I tend to buy is around sixty dollars, I think, in the U.S. And I can usually find it for closer to thirty-five, 35 in Mexico, sounds, thirty-five no. or forty. Yeah. Well, maybe that's uh, and and that that's maybe what they're doing only nineteen percent here too, because it's not only a tax that are killing them, but they also need to sell it for cheaper. Oh, you know that could be. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, right. So that's why it's 19% because people don't have as much money to spend on booze in Mexico as they do here. And even like you're being killed by taxes. And on top of that, you don't have a market like, you know, you're competing with bottles that are significantly cheaper. And honestly, I mean, 
like it's it's uh, there's so many beautiful mezcal brands so many of the best <laughs> producers of mexico they don't sell in mexico you cannot find mm. a bunch of the guys worth you cannot find in any liquor store in mexico at the mercado in the mercado Benito Juarez Mercado in uh, south of the yes, Zocalo. Yes, yes, but they are not. <laughs> My you, guess you is know. that's a different taxation system. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, just beep the brand that we said, Roy. Yeah, there you go. So, so you know, it's interesting. So then, let's get back to the actual premise of this episode, which is what is adding a four and a half percent tax going to in the state of Oaxaca. Um, going to do and I you know my extrapolation of everything we've just said is it's gonna make it harder for Mexicans to access really good agave spirits it's the stupidest thing ever and on top of that uh, they've made an announcement that certified mezcal is not going to pay that just all of the other alcohols but not certified mezcal and which is uh, which? Right. Which is okay. So in terms in of how way, it impacts us, which uh, which in a way it's like what what they're trying to set to the I guess the uh, the message they're trying to send is like okay maybe they made the math and what what costs to be certified is four point five percent if you were taxed. So they're saying like uh, if you are certified, you're not going to be taxed. Like that money that you will be spending in certification, you're going to save in taxation. I guess that that's sort of the maybe what they're thinking, or maybe it's just like a, it's a price. You know, it's like you're being a good uh, mezcal producer. You follow all the rules that we place, so you shall be exempt of, of wow. this uh, silly tax. But yeah, like honestly, this is. Uh, the crazy thing is this just makes it uh, more appealing to not sell in Mexico. Well, it also, I mean, that's one side of it. Um, but the other side is, you know, when I think about you and I driving around through rural Oaxaca, how many mescaleros have we met who thought they had to certify their, their agave spirits as mezcal in order to export? And I, I think... Michoacan, they took the Congress to get the DO and nobody uses it because they thought they needed the DO to uh, to export. Right. And so, you know, when, when I, I mean, it feels to me like the net effect of this, at least within Oaxaca, could be to move more producers into the certified system. And, you know, we're seeing a trend. It's not a huge trend, but we're seeing a trend of some of the more traditional producers moving away from certification because certification is actually interrupting their ability to protect their cultural heritage. And it feels like the four and a half percent tax might actually interrupt cultural heritage in Oaxaca. Yes, that. But another thing that I don't believe that it's stressed enough is when you're certifying, say, uh, Lou gets to your palenque and Lou has money to buy your stuff right there, right there. And he asked you, do you have 300 liters that I can take out of your palenque tomorrow? And you have it, and you want to make it a sell now, but it's not certified, and you need it certified. The amount of time that it can take for mm. that to happen mm-hmm. can be right. so long that Lou doesn't want your mezcal anymore. And he's gonna go to another palenque that has it certified. So it's Are not you only that Lou is impatient. That doesn't sound uh, like. I Lou. am saying that the gringos that I know <laughs> might have, uh, yeah, you know, like sure. certain calendars that are. So for sure, like even I mean, in a very cynical way, even forget about cultural heritage. Just think about running a business 
having to accommodate some kids that might come to certify your thing this week or maybe three days from now. They might send you the stickers or not. I mean, they are not necessarily clockwork. And even the ones that do a good job, you still have to wait and accommodate for them. So even that, it's 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 just not ideal, you know? So the end, the end result really is, regardless of how you look at it, is that it's far more likely that this tax is going to force more families away from following their cultural heritage. Well, what in I in Oaxaca, not even that. Like, uh, well, that can be one consequence. I think yeah. the real consequence that I see here, it's uh, this is like gentrification of agave spirits. What mm. it's making it, it's just. Everybody that uh, that has the contacts or the capacities, they're going to realize that by selling in the U.S., they can do the thing that they love. They can just spirit, they can be proud of and sell it for a more fair amount of money. So wait, hang on. So you're saying the end result is I have a better selection in Chicago than you've got in Mexico City? That, that is already the case. Okay, I'm in for that. I'm, I'm like that's that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, whatever. Java, anytime you want to drink, you are welcome to come up and visit in Chicago. It makes it really hard, Lou. But I have, I have, I have a good batch of, uh, I have a bunch of good stuff in my house. Fortunately, that I bought legally in Chicago and I brought back to Mexico City, of course, <laughs> uh, because that's how I did it. And actually, uh, actually I'm this is, sorry. I know you're. We're trying to wrap, and we should wrap because this has been a long episode. But if you were to carry a mezcal back from Chicago into Mexico, don't you have to declare it and pay taxes? Yes, <laughs> I believe so. And of course, you're a law-abiding citizen, so you would do that. Of course, yeah. Okay, and I think I think on that note, Java, we can call this episode overdone. This is super terrible. Okay, sorry to everyone. Adios, señor. Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.